motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. Do you want to talk about the the raw that was? God, I wish it was the raw that wasn't. If I'm perfectly honest, um, <laughs> you would not think this was the go home raw before SummerSlam. Um, but go I'll give you a little raw. rundown, and <laughs> because there's probably much more to talk around with Takeover with SummerSlam, I'm not going to dwell on it too much. But the matches, the the card of Raw was, we got to see Drew McIntyre respond to Orton's actions the previous week with Ric Flair. We got Apollo Crews um, taking on Shelty B and picking up the win. We got Angel Garza versus Ivar for some reason. Oh, okay. Garza picking up the win. Sure. We got Natalia <laughs> versus Mickey James, which you think would be good. But, um, oh, we've got some stuff to complain about with that. It wasn't good. And there's no fault of the, uh, the ladies in the ring either. It's the fault of the fucking WWE booking. Um, almost Natalia made the ringside report. I knew we were going to talk about it on here, but it almost made the ringside report the reasons why this wasn't good. But we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into it that. was shocking. But yeah, Natalia picked up the win. Um, via count out I believe it was who would know because you couldn't fucking see it um, Sasha and Bailey took on Asuka and Shayna Baszler um, with the what are they called the golden role models picking up the win no, I had, think that's what they call themselves yeah. we had Ruby Riot taking on Peyton Royce with Peyton Royce picking up the win yeah. Raw Underground returns for some reason which, which is still not under new management I have no idea what that still announcement not. was from MVP Still not. They just never went back. Still just Shane McMahon running around like a little teenage kick up. Was... Come back, guys. That's pretty that was much a storyline just not followed up on. It's like, uh, under new management. And then it's like, actually, now we're going to come and carry on fucking around with the US title. Yeah. Baffling. Sorry. So, yeah, that came back, um, which we'll speak about a little bit in terms of who was in that. Um, Rey Mysterio returns. Um, to address Seth's actions the previous week, beating the shit out of his kid with a kendo stick. Um, there was it a six-man tag. Upset, like... Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Um, we had a six-man tag with the hair business taking on Apollo, Ricochet, and Ali. Notice not Cedric Alexander. Um, with the hair business picking up the win. We had Andrade versus Montez Ford for some reason. With Montez picking up the win. <laughs> And the closing segment was another legend to be killed by Randy Orton. It was Shawn Michaels or Old Man Marley from Home Alone because he looks like fucking shit. Um, but <laughs> what has yeah. happened? I thought I he's found no God. It looks like he's found heroin. What the <laughs> fuck? I haven't seen you in a while, Shawn. I'm worried, man. The shriveled man. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, highlights, Anthony. I've got two. And you know what? <laughs> They're not even that good. So I thought the Drew and Seth backstage argument was good. It was compelling. You know, their feud was short-lived, so we didn't get to see a whole lot of it. But I'm a fan, um, so I'd be down to see that again in the future. Um, But I thought they were both good. Um, You know, the promo itself might have been good if Retribution didn't turn up and just be goddamn awful and shit like like they are. Um, And then the other one... um, like, this is how much I'm clutching straws. The other one was Apollo um, adding the stipulation um, to bar the rest of the hair business um, for their yeah. match at SummerSlam, which I thought was probably the only smart thing anyone has done in a long time on Raw. Yeah. Um, it's almost you know, like so. he wants to win. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, he manages to 
um, obviously beat M, uh, Shelton Benjamin so he can get that stipulation in and get to beat Dan after the match and then his buddies but come out. Just so we're clear, so, I'm right in saying Shelton Benjamin was the 24-7 champ at this point? Um, I think he was, yeah. And, and I think despite Apollo getting the win, he didn't actually win the 24-7 championship even though it's oh. on the line all the time apparently. Well, exactly. But yeah, it's on the line 24-7 unless it's in the middle of another match or... Um, unless apparently they suspend the 24-7 championship rules when there's a matchup, <laughs> which yeah, is nuts because if you're sense. Apollo, this is the bit that, that they don't legitimize the 24-7 title because if you're Apollo, you'd pin him again. Well, yeah. Even if they put stipulations <laughs> in place, like match is over, cool, I'll pin you for the 24-7 title as well while I'm here. You know, I, it's, so stu- it's so stupid, isn't it? Like, it is pointless. But um, that that was it, mate. That that was the highlight for Raw this week. Brilliant. Now, <laughs> the rest of the fucking show, right? This clusterfuck with Gaza, Ivar, Dawkins... Fucking the the chick from The Bachelor. Like, why is she what? around now? I, I don't. Again. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, is she there because she's good looking? Because you can you go okay. okay, she's a good looking girl. Like, other than that, I don't know why she's there. I'm. I don't want to sound disrespectful, but is English her first language? Because she looked a bit confused most of the time, and I didn't know if she was struggling that for that reason, or is she just struggling because they're all a bit strange? Like, I've 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 got no. I, that whole fucking segment didn't make any fucking sense to me because. You know, she's there, and then one minute she's flirting with fucking Andrade, uh, with Gaza, and the next minute fucking um, Dawkins is saying some shit to her, and then she's like, oh, yeah, no, I don't like you. And it's like, well, what's going on? And then, you know, oh, shock horror, it was Selena who poisoned fucking Montez. No fucking shit. Like, are you messing? Like, why why do all this shit with, like, oh, it wasn't me, it wasn't me? It would have at least been somewhat compelling. This is some cartoonish her. soap opera bullshit as like, well, to be honest. Don't be right. People will probably go back and go, oh, look at, you know, the, the previous Attitude Era when people were getting ran over and stuff. I don't care. This is stupid. Yeah. Poisoning. Shite. Absolute shite. Um, and then, you know, Bianca Belair was all fuming and whatnot and then started it, like, beating her up. Sounds. Oh, and what's um, with the turkey leg thing? I need to moan about it. I know they've done it before, but why why are turkey legs like Thor's hammer for this guy? I don't... Is that funny? Is it meant to be funny? I mean, I never found any of it funny. You you should look at yourself because you found something Whatever. funny. Whatever. They're competitive um, games where we're amusing for the most. I don't even care what you say. I'll say nothing at all. Um, <laughs> and I'll move swiftly on to the next one. Um, so, fucking hell, mate. We said this before. So, they... Mickey James, he brought her back, a legend in the women's division, right? Legend. Whether you like it or not, a yeah, legend. She did a lot for the women's division. Like, although people like to sort of set set the bar at like, uh, like Paige and and the four horsewomen and NXT coming in, and like oh, that's when it developed. No, people like Trish Stratus and and Mickey James and that who were actually trying to put on decent matches. These were the people who were trying to turn women's wrestling into what it is now. Um, yeah. Definitely a fucking legend in the business. Deserves much more respect than she gets. And you know, do you know, do you know what he did? Like midway through her big return match with uh, Natty, is he bring out Seth Rollins halfway through to have a conversation with Samoa Joe at ringside, and then the match is just happening in the background yeah. while those literally two are like fucking... where our camera work is on them. Like it's not yeah. like a, they're arguing and we're aware of it, and it's going to kick off maybe towards the end of the match. We were focused entirely on that. It's utterly yeah. ridiculous. The match just played, it wasn't even fucking second fiddle, really, because second fiddle was fucking Lana pissing around as well. So it's like oh, the yeah, match yeah. itself was just nothing. Um, and then by all accounts, Natty wins by count out, which we don't really see because, you know, we're not we're, we're off screen with these guys. Yeah. Um, and then Lana's there filming it for, for fucking TikTok. And it's like, count oh, out of all God. things as well. That is so yeah. just sort of like whether the ref can be asked or not. Yeah, honestly. See so many times they don't even start the count for like half an hour and you're like, well, okay, I guess we're starting to count now. Yeah. Crazy. Absolute, absolute bullshit. Um, the next one. Oh, sorry, before we move on to that, 
Um, the reason this nearly made the, the ringside report, I'll mention, is that um, by all accounts, Mickey wasn't too happy with this at all. Now, I don't know whether that's a story work, so I've not brought it in to the news because she's quite hot on this as well and feels disrespected. But I don't know whether they're actually pushing towards that as a story, potentially going back against Natty and Lana. Could be wrong. But yeah, there seems to be a, a bit of like, you know, acknowledgement at least that that was just a bit disrespectful and shit. Well, yeah, she's got every fucking right to be, and she's oh, yeah, Jesus. definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, the next one, Anthony, here's some consistency for you. So, during the um women's tag match, uh, Nia Jax comes down um, and attacks Shayna from the crowd. No, no DQ, apparently, that's that's perfectly allowed, you know. Bearing in mind, fucking the other week or whatever it was, someone got involved with someone who wasn't even in the match with fucking Bailey or whatever, and the ref called disqualification. Yeah, what? What the fuck is this? Fucking Shayna was in the match. They don't even know their rules, do they? They really like, don't know honestly, their rules. I was I was fuming because I was fuming the previous week with like, well, hang on a minute, fucking Bailey's being attacked and she's not even in the match. That and, and there's a DQ. That makes no sense. And now someone actually in the match gets attacked and it's fine. Yeah. It's just okay. fucking ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. So, All for the sake of putting just put a little bit of thought into it. You can still do the story the way you want to. I mean, admittedly, at this point, I didn't know Nia Jax had it in for Shayna. She seems to have been fighting more with officials than she has been any other fucking wrestler, Naya. Well, exactly. Like, I've, I've no idea what, what that's all about because, you know, with the... You would imagine, shall, you, shall we say, without saying anything around um, what happened in any of the matches, you would imagine that Shayna would be having a sight set on the um, one of the women's titles next. You would So, what's even going on with Naya? Who knows? Crazy. Speaking of, like, what's going on with things, fucking Riot Squad, man. <laughs> oh, my God. What is this shit? What is this? Like... Turns out... Liv Morgan was was trying to find herself, and um, it turns out she was right next to Ruby Wright the whole time. So there you go. She found herself. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, she found that you know she's exactly who she was like all the months ago before she started to become a breakout star. This was an unnecessary um, journey. Thanks, thanks, Liv. Well, exactly. Like I, I I don't get it because they don't even seem like they are best mates or whatever they're supposed to be again. So what does this mean? Are they gonna fucking just break up again and have another fight again? Like seriously. I, yeah, we enjoyed know. it so I'm, much the first time. I'm just, I can't, I can't believe it. Like they, they've actually got some, they had something like, decent there. I thought would live, and they've just screwed. I think screwed they've panicked and gone. We need tag teams. We need more women's tag teams. I think that's what's gone on because they wanted people mm. to be fodder for for Bailey and Banks. Yeah. And I say that knowing that so far there's not been much of the Riot Squad versus Bailey and Banks. But my point being, more women established as tag teams was needed. And I think they've panicked and gone, why did we split that one up? Which was a fucking question in the first place. Why did you split that one up? Well, yeah. No, I think you're right there, to be honest, because um, obviously the Kabuki Warriors are no more with Kairi Sane going. Yep. Um, so obviously the Iconics have come back. You've got Natty and Lana out of nowhere. And now you've got yeah, okay. being repaired, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lana, who well. doesn't really wrestle ever, and really got over her um, husband divorcing her really quick. Oh, I know she yeah. married him really quick as well, but like Bobby's still strutting <laughs> around Raw, and she's just not asked now, is she? No, nope, doesn't give a fuck. That's long term um, storytelling, obviously. Um, so this next one, the the six man tag. So they set this up with um, obviously there's more than there's more than three of them, isn't there? You've got Apollo, you've got Ricochet, you've got Cedric, and now you've got Ali. Mm. They're all this like little faction of their own against the hair business. And yeah. in a three on three match, one of them has got to, you know, bow out. And the one they decided to bin off was Cedric. So um, it makes sense, you know, because Ali's been so well established as a tag team with um, with Ricochet for a while now. Uh, exactly it just right. makes sense that the, the well oiled machine that is um, Cedric and Ricochet. Oh, sorry. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, I know, there's right? your problem straight um, away. Cedric and Ricochet have been a tag team for what months? <laughs> yeah, Absolute so months. Makes- 
zero sense other than you know if they're potentially trying to add Cedric to the hair business but that didn't seem to be the case um but you know so they went with Ali so fair dues he's just come back you know so maybe he'll put in a good show nope he was the first one to get eliminated then he got eliminated pretty fucking quick how fucking pissed off would you be if you were that guy as well like <laughs> um, I back to that this almost felt like a bit of a fuck you to Ali to be honest with you yeah, because he's made um, some comments about being, you know, how can you? Well, was that, we mentioned it on one of the previous Ringside reports. I can't remember the exact quote, but he was basically saying, "How can you shine if you're, you're not on TV?" Like, yeah, we sat at home. What? How can you? And it's like, I don't know. It almost feels like a reaction to that comment. So going, well, fuck you. You're on TV now. Don't know. Well, exactly. Purely speculative, but um, yeah, not the best treatment for someone who's just returned and maybe could do with a bit of a rub. Yeah. So. That was all a load of shite, so I thought, mm, well, maybe they're going to do something with Cedric and the movement of the hair business, but no. On was the bevy of 24-7 title changes. So um, after the earlier match, um, Shannon Benjamin uh, won the 24-7 title, which made no sense anyway. Um, but then after this match, he lost it to Cedric Alexander. Um, so, nice. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is how people end up being 38 times champions, guys. Exactly. Fucking ridiculous. Then, this is getting fucking ridiculous. But then he wins it back off him um, after a match that he has with Tazawa, which, you know, when was that booked? On the night? A minute ago, he was going to be in the fucking... T- like, uh, like, honestly, painful. I don't know how it can be booked so bad. <laughs> which is why like, it fills me with so much confidence where we are talking about potentially booking our own show. We can't get... We doesn't fucking hell. We can't get it wrong like this, Jesus. Makes well, no you, sense. Well, you do. You have a dice, right, with, um, <laughs> with wrestlers' names on. And you get another dice with match type. And then you get another dice with um, stipulation, right? I just roll them out and see what happens. You know what? It reminds me of the fucking South Park episode where they're, they're talking about how Family Guy come up with fucking storyline <laughs> <Yeah>. ideas. There's <laughs> like whales collecting fucking <laughs> random balls or something. Yeah, like it's got to be something like that happens seriously because it doesn't make any sense. Honestly, um, it's proper wheel of chance stuff sometimes the way this is booked. Yeah. We then had Andrade versus um, Montez Ford, which was a match that happened. It was very meh. Um, it didn't really do anything to build any suspense um, with like the whole kind of poisoning or anything like that like yeah great the only thing I will say for Andrade and Ford is at least it made sense more so than uh, Angel and Ivar well yeah (laughs) because we know that at least uh, Andrade and Ford are going into a match against each other for the titles why is Ivar involved just because no idea no because of the the, um, Bachelor chick or whatever she is well exactly yeah like that's what it's about (laughs) all about turkey legs or whatever like honestly fucking stupid man um but then speaking of the viking raiders so we go back to the uh raw underground fantastic set of segments that we have um and eric from the viking raiders is back at it again um and this time the first time i think it's it's happened on underground he fights another active superstar in dolph ziggler and ziggler chokes him out so nice. Ziggler's a tough, a tough guy now, apparently. Um, He's always looked like a tough guy, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. With his long know. hair and his stupid gyrating dance moves. Always exactly. looks like a proper mean, tough guy who'd be in some sort of underground fighting ring. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hmm. Um, we I also remember seeing boss. him in the Spirit Squad thinking, wow, he's one tough dude. <laughs> exactly. He's the toughest male cheerleader we know. <laughs> he um, really is. I'm surprised he <laughs> weren't there with the dancing women. Well, it wouldn't surprise me to be fair. <laughs> don't give them ideas, Anthony. That'll be it next week. <laughs> you know, we know we know they don't value consistency, so <laughs> it, it, it can happen. Yeah. Um, can. <laughs> so then we had Riddick Moss. He was there as well, fighting some people for some reason. So I guess he's back, just doing those seconds now. Um, now we've got Shane as mates. 
Shayna's mates are there. Can I just say, before we move into Shayna's mates, what tickled me with Riddick Moss was like, because it went a little bit like out of the ring and then people started fighting other people and stuff. And I'm like, isn't there like some sort of like, I, I've never been to an underground fight, Carl, so I could be wrong. But like, if you're, if you're there, like close quarters watching a, a, a fight happen and someone knocks into you, wouldn't you think you'd be a little bit more like, well, these things happen. People were getting really like, you're meant to be fighting him and all attacking each other. And it's like, why is this turning into a brawl? You must have been expecting this. There's no fucking ropes on the ring. Exactly. No, this shit never happened in a, in Def Jam Vendetta, the video game, which is where they ripped this from. So, exactly. You know, just make it up on the fly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just feel like really every, everyone got a little bit too alright, a little bit too quick. It's like I wanted to see the result, <laughs> and the match ended as well. I don't even know who won. Yeah. Oh god, I have no idea. I, I assume it's Rick Moss because he's the only one whose name I fucking know. Um, or the other guy. <laughs> but then, yeah, out of nowhere, now we've got fucking Shayna and her little cronies, like of the four horse women of who isn't the WWE version. So obviously it's Ronda's yeah. fucking crew. Um, but now Shane is the uh, fucking the big big I am with his chief. So fucking Jessamine Duke and what's her face? Um I don't even know the other one's name. That's oh, big memorable UFC fight. <laughs> yeah. What's her face? Um, well exactly. I don't even know who she is, but you know, they were there, they were fighting, and then, you know, oh we're gonna get Shayna versus Nia Jax in the underground. Then Nia runs away. Yeah. Okay. It turns out Nia's actually a little bitch. Yeah. She's been going around, beating people up, smashing barriers down, attacking officials. She's just crazy. Don't know what she's gonna do next, but yeah. No, I'm not gonna yeah, get that. We're not gonna get that match. Like flailing her arms. So, you know, that's definitely a turn up <laughs> of the book. So uh, I picked it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> and you know, retribution. There again with the little hijinks, fucking playing with the light switches. <laughs> oh menacing. Now, I do want to moan about retribution, right? Because Here's the trouble I've got with them. Like, it's like, oh, they're crazy. They're, like, I could get on board almost with them, like, breaking windows and blowing up generators, right? But, like, throughout Raw, they were, like, putting things upside down on the screen and stuff like that. Um, and they were probably, like, messing with the show production-wise. And I'm like, you're a bunch of nerds, aren't you? Like, <laughs> like you just broke into the TV <laughs> truck and, like, broke stuff. You've actually sat down and gone, oh, I'm going to turn this upside down. I'm going to flick the lights off and I'm going to mess with it. That, that's some proper IT nerdy shit. That's like not, literally, that's not what I've been saying this. I've been saying this for weeks. This is why, to me, this faction is a bunch of little broody teenagers. One of them's got on a fucking video editing class or whatever in school, and he's like, "Yeah, look at this. I'm going to put some Photoshop on here." You know, like fucking what? Really? Is that menacing? And but when we see them on screen, they're like ah, and snapping keyboards and stuff, and you're like, "Nah, <laughs> no, that's not what yeah. you're really doing. Bullshit." Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 done with these guys before they've even fucking started. I'm honest. So yeah, not great. Just and then the it. final the final segment of the show was fucking geriatric Michaels coming out. Does not need to be here on the show at all. I thought he'd retire. Just stay retired, Sean. You're like you look like shit, mate. Like honest to God, you yeah, look awful. He's one of them legends, isn't he? Where like I, I don't want to sound horrible. Uh, there's no nice way of saying it. it. It gets sadder every time you see him. Yeah, like, uh, imagine like, if he'd like, gone oh. out, you know what I mean? He'd gone out after the Undertaker match, and that was him, and then he just went off into yeah. the sunset. Cool. Like, <laughs> On his horse, for some reason. Yeah, um, why not? But, no, and, uh, but that's the thing, and I know you, I'm, I'm not like, I don't want to see these people again, because I don't want to see people age, but he's not he's not aging well. And like every time I see him, he's like, it's like, ah. Oh. Do, do you remember when he was, like, an active wrestler <laughs> and really good? Do you remember when he was putting on, like, genuinely one of the best matches I've ever seen? But you know what? Do you know what though? Right, he still pisses me off. So even though he's past it, he's still Shawn Michaels, isn't he? Because right, who else do you know who takes a fucking punk kick to the head 
and then 30 seconds later, he's on, he's back on his feet, and he's just, ooh, like, fucking Ric Flair was dead. You know, like, yeah. everyone dies with a punk kick. Sean's just back up again. He's like, oh, I'm the heartbreak kid. Like, really? <laughs> Ow, that hurt. <laughs> exactly. Like, he's fucking going into business for himself again. Like, who, who knows, fucking practically no-sells a punk kick? And I think like, it's, it's the thing where Sean does things. I don't care how much of a Christian you are, Sean, right? You do things sometimes just to be a cunt because that benefited nobody. Because no. let's face it, it you're it not it coming it. back to the ring. We know you're not coming back to the ring. So why were you no selling it to look tough? No reason. Exactly. Like the whole purpose for him being on the show, which he shouldn't have even been on anyway, but I imagine it was just to be another fucking person on the list of people that are, you know Orton had put out for a long, long time. Yeah, and it's all no. it's, with Triple H has gone okay Sean you can be on the show but at least put this NXT cap on because you've got to do something for us <laughs> yeah but he's probably gone yeah put that NXT cap on because you're fucking bald mate and we need to hide that so get this on will you at least promote us at the same time yeah. I believe they've had to edit out sexy from his song now <laughs> and boy because he's not young well exactly yeah I'm, I'm just, just an old bald man old bald man <laughs> I'm just Sean <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd love to see that, you know. He just, he just comes out and his music just like, uh, uh, oh, oh, we're back. Uh, I used to be rich. I used to be sexy. <laughs> I had some looks, but now I've gone bald. Uh, yeah, so. I think I'm cute. I know I'm not. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, retribution, you can make this shit happen. Mess with his music for me, please. Yeah, God, at least that might be entertaining. But, yeah. Honest to God, this was the SummerSlam go home raw, and my God, it was awful. Just for me, go home raw. For me, I I struggled to even give this a one, if I'm perfectly honest. But it's getting a one from me, um, and that's like <laughs> like that's literally just I can't even I can't even actually explain why it's a one and not even a fucking none. But um, you know, there was some okay-ish stuff in there, like you know. Oh, the fucking wasn't. Don't you lie. Yeah. Even the okay um, stuff was worse than, like, Randy's stuff was okay, but it was worse than the other stuff he's done. If they just skipped this week entirely, it wouldn't have mattered. You're right. I can't give it a one. It's getting a, it's getting a half. Yeah. And I'm firmly with you. Yeah. I'll be honest, before this started, you can see from the notes, Carl, I was going to give this a one and a half, and the more we've talked about it, I'm like, there was nothing here. There was nothing here. So I'm with you. It's getting half a point because it was shit. They could have totally eliminated this, and it would not have mattered for SummerSlam at yeah. all. Agreed, hundred percent agreed. So on to the uh, NXT <sighs> results oh. prior to Takeover. So this is the the NXT Go Home Show for ta- is it Go Home Show for Takeover? I don't know, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Did they still get to be a Go Home <laughs> Show for a second rate pay per view? That's right, fuck you, right? Um, <laughs> this is another one that was quite like Raw, whereby this didn't really need to happen as a pay per view. As a pay per view, as a show, like if they'd have skipped this entirely, it wouldn't have really had any effect on Takeover, as far as I'm concerned. However, as far as the card went, we saw Jerry Gargano go up against somebody called Ridge Holland, uh, which was a uh, North American title ladder match thingy qualifier. Ooh, and who's going to win that one? <laughs> I know. Naturally, we saw Gargano win because we never heard of the other guy. We saw Dakota Kai go up against a Jesse Himea. <clears throat> I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Apologies if I'm not. With Dakota Kai taking the win because naturally we knew that one. We saw. Legado del Fantasma go up against Brizango and Isaiah Scott or Swerve. Isaiah Swerve Scott. Or, I don't know. Whatever you want to wherever you want to put his nickname. Uh, with Legado del Fantasma taking the win. We saw Rhea Ripley and Shotzi Blackheart teaming up against Mercedes Martinez and Aaliyah with Rhea and Shotzi taking the win. 
because we've heard of them. Uh, and then we saw Finn Balor go up against the Velveteen Dream. Uh, and I think this was another North American qualifier. Uh, either way, they went up against each other. Dream won it because why not? You know, there's enough controversy around and Why not give him the fucking win as well? <laughs> that was the card. So as far as the highlights go, Carl, I've kind of got one, sort of, <laughs> right? Because as I mentioned, it wasn't bad, but it didn't have any highlights and it didn't really need to happen. Like, and that is the whole point. I'm like, it didn't, the only highlight I can give it is the fact that it was okay. Like there was some good matches there. Like Dream of Balor didn't really do too bad. Um, the tag match with Rhea and Shotzi and Mercedes and Aaliyah, you know, it, it kind of progressed stuff, not necessarily the way I want. There was stuff there, there was content there. So that that's as good as a highlight you're going to get. That, you know, things happen. There was wrestling. If you like watching wrestling, definitely that happened, right? But moving on to the Oshites, um, mentioning that Rhea Ripley thing, like, whilst I'm all for progressing a storyline and this is the way they want to progress it, I thought it was a bit of a shame as we first Oshite that um, they gave Shotzi and Rhea the the win in this tag match. I thought it would be a good opportunity um, for the uh, Aaliyah and Martinez connection to actually become a bit more cohesive and, and take a win and look like they're going to be dominant in that sense. Um, because what they're trying to do, obviously, is build up towards um, Martinez as a as a beast going up against Rhea Ripley. They made that quite clear um, to the point that in the tag match, you didn't see a lot of them two going up against one another. But yeah, for me, I think it wouldn't have done any harm to give Aaliyah and Martinez the win here. Even if you didn't make um, Rhea was the one who got pinned, even if you made it, Shotzi was the one who got pinned. She's used to getting pinned, it's fine. Um, I, I don't know, that would have worked to me. I don't know what you thought of the match, Carl, but I feel like they kind of wasted an opportunity to build up the other two as a tag team. Yeah, I think um, obviously that the whole goal of this was to get um, Ray Ripley and fucking Martinez together in the ring because that's the that's the money match, isn't it? That's the match we all want to see. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, both, you know, Alaya and Shotzi are dispensable at this point in time. Like they've taken that many losses. Like you see, I think it probably like... would have been beneficial to build Martinez and have her look dominant and then, you know, Ray is like, Oh, I want to get my revenge because you've done this to me, mate Shotzi. But I keep looking at like this sort of scenario and and maybe I'm this is the problem because I'm there looking at it going, Well, you've got a tag team here, you know, you've got a, an established tag team that you know, they they could start looking a bit dominant and you've got a decent women's tag team because the t- women's tag team belts that I keep harping on about it can be defended on all three shows. They've made that quite clear. So why haven't we had Aaliyah Martinez looking quite good and maybe going for a title shot? It's another women's tag team you've got there as an option. Instead, they make them look stupid because these two, who aren't normally a tag team, pair up together and can dominate them. Just, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not overly sold on that as an idea. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we know famously, WWE, not too great with tag teams. Really. <laughs> Nope. And uh, the only other Oshite I've got, Carl, because again, this was kind of a an okay week. It wasn't the worst. It's just kind of unnecessary. Uh, but the, the other Oshite I've got is, and it's a, more of a pet peeve than anything, and it's this thing where you get, it was, you get it with every Money in the Bank, where whenever you've got a ladder match, Money in the Bank ladder match, at some point, all the contenders come out, and they all run out, and they all have a go at climbing the ladder, because, you know, <laughs> why not? It proves you can climb ladders. Like, what is the point in this shit? And they did it again with this. You know, we closed out the night with uh, Ballard and Dream. Uh, Dream took the win. Then it turned into shenanigans. Turned into shenanigans sorry. Um, ultimately, everyone ended up coming out. We saw Cameron Grimes climbing the ladder and looking, going, look, 
I can climb ladders faster than the rest of you. <laughs> like, it, I just think it's absolutely fucking stupid. It, to me, it makes you look like a moron. Why have you come out and climbed the ladder when there's no stipulation for that ladder? It, in fact, it's risky because yeah. if someone knocks you off, you might be damaged then going into the actual ladder match. I, I, it, yeah. it's just a little peppy. I've always hated them spots because they are fucking pointless. They do yeah. not. Like, like you've said, what are they proving? Oh, you can climb up a ladder. Well, fucking no shit. Like, you just <laughs> I would like fucking hope so. <laughs> Like Jesus Christ, yeah, I I I hate those things. I hate yeah. them. And for me, I I don't even mind the fact that they all come out and have a scuffle. They're all gonna have a match together. It's bringing the ladder into it that does me in. I just think, yeah. okay, why? Um. So overall, you know, it was it was a nothing of a week. If you missed it, guys, you you it wouldn't matter. Uh, but that being said, it was still better than Raw. So for me, I'm gonna give it a two. I'm gonna give it a two because there was some content there. It was okay, but it didn't really develop much, really, in the ways of heading towards takeover. So for me, yeah. I'm going to give it a one and a half. And okay. that was because, like you said, it, you did not need to see this show ahead of TakeOver. So it was pointless. Like, literally, the, the only thing we got from it was Gargano and Dream, the two additional well, yeah. um, participants and in the ladder to match. To be honest, like, I'm a bit... I'm not, I didn't want to bring it up because like, I'd have to look back at previous um, podcasts. But like, I feel like Gargano's had way too many chances to qualify for this fucking match as well. But hey, well, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, didn't, didn't he bring back Velveteen... Like, wasn't he back last week? Like, the week before this? Velveteen. Yes. Yeah, he came and wasn't, back last wasn't week. wasn't that in a North American contender Yeah, I feel match. like there was, like, some sort of triple threat that he was involved in and lost. He was in the losing yeah. effort. So and like, then, so, so. But Gargano's lost as well in a triple threat, so I'm not... Co- <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll keep going until we get Gargano yeah. and Dream in there. It's just, I don't know, stupid. It was stupid. So, so, do you want to talk about... I mean, do you want to talk about Dynamite Car? Because I don't think it was on Wednesday this week, was it? It was not on Wednesday. Um, it was on Saturday. Um, you want like a ramble still... on about SmackDown? Are we want to keep continuity. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll talk about. I'll talk yeah, about that. It has no impact. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, um, I didn't mind the show at all. To be fair, so um, which is probably no surprise. The card itself. So it kicked off with FTR taking on Private Party, with FTR picking up the win. Um, we had an eight-man tag of the Natural Nightmares and Jurassic Express taking on Butcher, Blade, and the Lucha Bros um, with the faces um, getting the win in that one. Um, we had the Elite taking on the Dark Order um, with the Elite picking up the win. We had Darby Allen taking on Will Hobbs, um, whoever that is, <laughs> with Darby Allen taking the win, unsurprisingly. We had the finals of the Women's Tag Cup Tournament. Um, surprising that the Nightmare Sisters had made it to the final um, also taking on Ivelisse the fact that they were in the final I thought they were going to take it so um, yeah. not to spoil your results but I was quite surprised <laughs> in the end just because they were there and I'm like well you've made it to the finals you're probably going to fucking take this aren't you yeah um, so I, I, did, I did think to be fair but yeah it was actually Ivelisse and Diamante who picked up the win um, and picked up the Tag Cup um, and then the main event of the evening was um, the TNT title match. Cody getting absolutely demolished by Brody Lee. And we've got a new champ, which is mind-blowing. I know. Um, and, um, you know, Cody and Brody make a good match. <laughs> they do. They do indeed. Um, so in terms of the highlights then for the week. So I actually thought the opening match was, was good. It was fine. So it was FTR taking on Private Party. It was full of action. It was good. Um, Tully uh, Blanchard is their new manager now. So as he dropped Sean Spears, like I don't <laughs> like that's all he had. He's only had mm. Tully in the glove. Um, <laughs> Tully in the glove. <laughs> that's that's the name of my new rock band. Um, but yeah, so you know <laughs> he's backstage. Like I still have you, glove. 
<laughs> no, no, don't put it down. <laughs> anyway, um, that that took a bit of a sour turn. Um, <laughs> oh, I but, think there's, yeah. there's a series of skits there, Cal. We, we can make that work. That's, that's some TikTok stuff right there. We should write that down. <laughs> Definitely. Let's stick it on the list. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I quite like the, um, the this whole kind of three horsemen thing they're going with now. Um, so obviously, I didn't really like on Tag Team Appreciation Night that the fact that Tully was there with Arn and it didn't really make any sense to me. And then they turned on the fucking um, Rock and Roll Express and all that stuff. And I was like, meh. But now at least something's come out of it. So now Tully's decided, well, okay, you turned on them bastards. So I'm going to be your manager now. So fine, that makes sense, actually. So mm. I don't mind that that much. For me, um, it was fine. It was good. And it was action-packed. But... Um, I still feel like similar to last week, it's not as strong as opening as it has been from Dynamite the last. I think like, this is probably the difficulty. Like they've they've set the bar for themselves. So when um, you go and it's good, it means it weren't great, and we're used to great at this point. Because we've yeah. had some absolutely stellar openers. Yeah, definitely. So it's one of them. It, it was fine, but like there's been some incredible openers. This wasn't incredible, but it was it was certainly fine. An okay way to kick the show. Um, we then got some promos from both Moxley and MJF, both of which were, were really good. Um, it wasn't one of Mox's best. Um, mm. You know, I've been praising him the last couple of weeks for how good his promos have been, but this one felt a bit WWE-ish, a bit cartoony, to be fair. Um, which was, yeah, I don't know, it wasn't his best work, but it was still fine. It did the job it needed to. But MJF, on the other hand, I thought was great. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I think everything he's done now around like trying to ban his um, paradigm shift. And, and like, I love I love the fact that the character work of everybody else as well, like you've got that fucking, that, what's her name, Nina or something, and she's just like, so they're like, <laughs> smiling because like she got told off that time and you got the guy who he threw into the wall last week like stood at the back just like all like shifty and stuff yeah, like, it's like it's, it's, just... it's all very well detailed and very well remembered isn't it like all those little yeah. bits they've put in they've definitely um it's, it's all been done very deliberate it doesn't feel like and again i'm not trying to compare the two by any means but like when you get with wwe like everything's so sort of last minute and random a lot of the time that you don't get that kind of development and that kind of um detail Mm. in these sort of things so yeah I think um, all those little touches are just brilliant to see yeah defo and I think as well this I don't mean this to sound like controversial or like a negative or anything but I hope after the Moxley match that he doesn't carry on the whole campaign thing like I don't feel like he needs that to his gimmick I feel no, like it's, no. it's, it's good as it is now and it makes I sense I think it, it makes it yeah because he's, he's campaigning towards the title match that he, he felt he deserved so it makes a lot of sense right now but like you say if he carried it on just to be a, yeah. a sort of cartoon character of of, of the president, essentially. Would yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully they don't do that. Yeah, definitely, because he's he's so good on his own. He doesn't need oh, anything he's, silly yeah. like that. Do you know what I mean? So he's brilliant. Um, One of the best yeah, current like, heels. Oh god, yeah. Like you know that. That being said, I thought his work and this was really good. He was selling the neck and stuff, and the you know trying to get it banned. And really, you know, he's just he's just trying to find any advantage he can to beat him, isn't he? So We're actually getting smart. to a point, you know, whether I, I I'm wondering whether he's going to win. I don't think it'll yeah. be a clean win, but I think we could see him as champion. I think we could see an angry Mox wanting a rematch because he got screwed over. But I could see, um, I could see him being champion. I really could. Mm. And I'd love to see some of the heel work he did, being the, the top guy in the company. Yeah, God, imagine that. Imagine MJF with the belt. Like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> be some fantastic be, work. That you know what though? Really the, like the only thing I think that, which you know, that this could all change depending on the fact that they bring fans back, but. The only thing I think is they might be saving a, a proper title change um, for the fans. But then that being said, um, you know, we'll come on to it in a minute. He didn't save that for the fucking TNT title, mm-hmm. did we? But well, thing anyway. is, you know what? This is a win-win, really, because I'm I'm happy if Mox retains and I'm I'm 
really happy if if MJF takes it. I'm not going to be upset if he doesn't win, mm. but I'd be I'd be made up if he did. You know what I mean? It it doesn't have a negative for me. Like it's not like yeah. like watching the Fiend versus Braun when I'm like, oh, so the Fiend better fucking take this or I'm gone. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm genuinely happy no matter who wins. You know what? It'd be a fantastic way. Like it's such an MJF way to win the belt as well. If um, you know Moxley snaps and hits the paradigm shift, but he set up some sort of stipulation where if he gets hit with that, then he, he becomes the champ. Do you know what I mean? Like that'd be the yeah, best yeah. chicken shit way for him to win. Um, <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> so yeah, I um, thought they were really good. Um, we then get the announcement of a Mimosa Mayhem match announced for All Out. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I did think it was it was good. It was funny. I don't know whether they're taking these things a bit too far now. <laughs> like the stadium stampede is sound. I think he's just got a fucking. He's just a fan of what what's the word called? Like alliteration. Um, so it's like mimosa mimosa mayhem. That's a lot of M's. Like stadium stampede. Yeah, that's a match. So yeah. So I don't know. You have a point. I think they're trying to trying to keep that connection between the bubbly and OC, but. It's what they do, isn't it? I'm not. I'm not going to moan about it. It's going to be. It's going to be silly. It's going to be fun. It's going to be intense at times. It's. It's going to be a decent match. Yeah, definitely. And I thought, you know, they both did a good job of, you know, within their characters to to get the match over. And I'm glad that we're going to see the, the the decider match from it all. So, you know, I'm still definitely keen on it. But I just thought, like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ridiculousness of it for the. Oh yeah, it seems. I think um, Jericho just enjoys a spectacle at the minute. He's like, what, yeah. what else can we do? This is fun. Well, exactly. It's one of them, isn't it? Where like there's no fans or anything, so it's like, how can we, like, what can we do to just do yeah. something we couldn't normally do? I guess. And I think they, they've they've done well so far because at a time when there was no fans, WWE were dropping ratings and they were feeling very boring. Whereas I think AEW, in all fairness, maintained a level of interest without an audience, and it's very difficult to do. Very difficult. I'm not dogging uh, WWE for that because it is difficult to keep that interaction because you do notice the crowd. Um, but I think. AEW definitely did a lot better with that situation. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the next highlight. So I was really happy with this. Um, Darby Allen uh, actually got to squash someone. <laughs> so, oh, nice. like, you know, and, like this guy who, who he fought, I can't remember his name, fucking, what's, what's his name? Obviously, we've written it down. So. Dave. Um, Will Hobbs. So, Will no Hobbs. idea who the fuck the guy is. But I still think it's nice to see the likes of a Darby Allen gets to fucking squash someone in a match. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't always have to just be the monster that does it. Um, That's the yeah, thing, yeah. He he's... picked up a win. He picked it up in quick style, which I thought was good. And then even more impressive um, is the work from Ricky Starks. So Taz gets on the microphone. It wasn't great from Taz, to be honest. He was a bit fumbly and a bit like meh. Um, he's been like that like a few it... times now. I don't know if he might be losing it a little bit. Yeah, like sometimes he's absolutely fucking like, God, yeah, this guy can talk. And other times he's just like, uh, uh, so uh, this guy, this guy's, I've got another guy. He's also called Darby. <laughs> Look, he's he's called Darby. And it's like, oh, okay, it's yeah, not really that good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I I was proper impressed with Ricky Starks. He comes out obviously dressed up as Darby, um, and then him together with uh, nearly said Wardlow though, but it's not Wardlow. It's Brian Cage. Um, both batter um, Darby. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like Cage isn't doing himself that much. That, that good of a service, I don't think. He just looks like a bit of a meathead. Um, I feel like yeah. he needs a little bit more about him. Like, I know that Tass has been his mouthpiece, but now they've got this Ricky Stark guy coming out and, you know, looking like fucking hell, this guy can talk and he's like... Yeah, engaging. that comparison's probably not the best for Cage at the minute, is it? 
No, so I feel like I don't know. They probably need to be careful with that because he's obviously the the biggest star in terms of like the the body and the build, isn't he? Like he's the one who's going to be going for the bigger titles, you'd imagine. So want to watch. Mm. Um, then we get Mahardi getting revenge on Sammy Guevara. Um, so I, I like this to be fair. Like I thought last oh, yeah. week he was a bit silly looking for fucking anyone who looked like Sammy and beating up a referee. I wasn't a fan, but this one beats the shit out of him. I liked you know obviously every week on Dynamite, Sammy does the thing with the. Like the the cards, doesn't he? Like his little messages, and I thought it was hilarious that like Matt Hardy had um, replaced the cards with like you know delete and like this, this kind of stuff, and then just like, comes out and batters him and throws him off the table. So now, um, uh, to be honest, I'm I'm hyped for for these two. Uh, mm. I think that I you know apparently it was a botch with the chair and so on like that, but even so, like they've they've worked with it brilliantly, and like you say, maybe a little bit wavering with Hardy just attacking people, but. Um, Overall, I think it's been booked really well, and I am I'm hyped for that match. Yeah, I mean it's it's another classic example. It's similar to Jericho with like anyone that he's he's in the ring with. Like Mahardi's doing this to put Sammy over. So exactly, you know, and that's the thing. We won't be goal. even if Matt gets the win, which I honestly think would be unlikely at this point. It's not going to be without making Sammy look fucking brilliant. Yeah, definitely, because they do know what they're doing. Yeah, so I'm I'm proper looking forward to that. Um, something else I was critical of as well previously um, was around Sheeda and like her lack of challenges and there was like you know they, they, out like they really um sorted this for you didn't they this yeah this like plate you <laughs> so yeah you know, going on about it and i was like oh well fucking hell you're making it like you've beaten everybody and they're not really that good anyway blah 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 well out of nowhere fucking thunder rosa the current nwa women's champ um it's gonna challenge sheeda at all yeah. out so that's just Once fucking a piece blindsided of yeah <laughs> what a piece of sheeda <laughs> um so yeah like that i i would never have predicted that um and i'm I've got quite a bit of excitement behind it, to be fair, because yeah. by all accounts, I don't watch NWA, but I've heard really good things, so I'm actually really excited to see that match. And this is further evidence that Tony Khan clearly listens to our podcast. Well, He's you going, go. you know what, Carl, you're right, I'll fix it. I know some people That's at NWA it. will get sorted. And here we are. You know, we're, we're just, um, it's getting to the point now where everything we say just yeah. it's kind of happens, isn't it? So We're the voice yeah. of the voiceless. We are the voice of the voiceless. <laughs> and I'd just like to say, I will win the Euro Millions this week. I will. Good. Good. You heard it here, um, Tony. <laughs> In fact, yeah, Tony, you just give me your millions. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and then the final highlight of the night, and what a highlight it was, Brody Lee, out of nowhere. Like, Jesus I love, Christ. I love that they weren't afraid to do this. Because like, he, he did not just win. He oh, my God. He battered him. Like, I've been saying for weeks, like, oh, you know, Cody looks like he's starting to struggle and it's becoming too much for him. and stuff. Like, how... How masterfully booked was this over a long period of time? It got to the point where, you know, the match with um, what's his face Scorpio last week, um, obviously took it out of him and he left everything in there. Yeah. And then this week he just didn't have anything left, and Brody Lee just battered him. <laughs> yeah, no, Absolutely this is some fantastic long-term storytelling. They've done absolute wonders for making Brody Lee look awesome. And this sadly come at a time after we were talking about the um, people's AEW runs last week. <laughs> yeah. Because I'd have loved to have talked about this for a little bit, but. Honestly, Brody's looking fucking brilliant now. That was that was a really good because you can always waver a little bit with Brody. He's been good and he's been bad since he's got in there. Do you know what I mean? We've not really seen a lot of him in the ring, but fucking hell, this was good. Well, that's it. You know, the Dark Order. We were like, nah, they're like a pretty shitty faction. I feel like they've been kind of building them slowly and slowly. We had the um the tag match last week or the week before where they picked up the win and looked really good. Um, and then Brody kind of. The exalted one didn't really land that well with me initially, and I was like, "Oh, I thought it would be something a bit different." And then he was booked at Moxley and didn't end up winning that. And then he's just been in the back burner. And then 
damn, what a way to announce yourself back into the fucking main scene again. I like, know, he right? just looks incredible. And the fact that he's got the Dark Order all there with him, like, you know, I, I, I don't think, this is fantastic as well, because I don't think he's going to be like a, a, a Cody where every week we're going to see the TNT title on the line. I think he's going to make people fucking jump through the Dark Order just so he can get close oh, to Oh, yeah. They'll be fighting you know I mean? tens and fives and twos and all sorts before they can get the Brody. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's such a, such a stark contrast to what we've been seeing with Cody. But I'm also interested to see what's next for him now because, oh yeah, you know, he had the whole, he can't win the belt and because of MJF screwing him over and then the TNT title was there. He managed to win it. But now, what, where does he go? Like... Is he is he going to finally snap? Is he going to snap on Arn? Is he going to snap on? Um... I think we're we're definitely going to see a heel turn with him. Well, yeah, I mean Cardona seems to really write itself. Whether they can get that in place for all out, I'm not sure, but hmm. hopefully, you never know. I mean, I wouldn't want them to fast pace anything to be honest. If they're just trying to get it in there, you know, uh, even if they want to take the time and tell that same story, I'm fine with it. We don't need Cody all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So that was a that was a hell of a way to end the show. Um, obviously, Brandy comes out. Uh, well, after the match, like the Dark Order takes over and just like take out Arn, take out fucking Nightmare family, take out everybody. Brandy comes out to try and stop it, and then he fucking what's a face? Um, he summons her to go after her, um, and then they're all taken out. So yeah, madness. Crazy. It was really really um, good work from everyone. Yeah, defo. In terms of oh shites for the week, I've not got many, um, and one of them is a bit you know I don't even know if it's that much of an oh shite, but I just want to moan about it. Um, but the first one is the eight man tag. So. Hmm. We've been speaking around like how they can get them right, but this one they got it wrong for me. It was clumsy. It felt like there was a lot of botches. It was out of place. QT Marshall, why the fuck? Like, why is he on our screen? Like, he's not even good. Is it just because he's Cody's mate? Um, do you know what? I don't know whether I've not seen a lot of him in the ring, so I'm not. I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe there's something there, and he's just not booked very well, or he's not got the right gimmick, or whatever. But like you say, he's not not coming across well at all. Like he, like, he didn't like he could sell at all. Like, people were beating right. him up and he didn't have any facial expressions. Like, he was just fucking... No, the way he looks at the way he looks at the minute is that this is why we don't see him in a lot of matches, to be honest. Mm. But um, yeah. I was, I'd I love to be wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was unimpressed with him. Like, uh, Goldie was, you know, he wasn't bad in this, but there was, like, one or two little botches and stuff as well. Like, he botched... Um, like a Canadian destroyer just didn't happen and stuff like that. So uh, mm. yeah, which is which is rare to see from Coldy. So for me, it just it just didn't work that match. And then um, after the match, Eddie Kingston, um, who is obviously now signed, comes out, um, cuts a little bit of a promo. Um, it wasn't one of his best either. But you know, he's kind of he's trying to form like a new stable, I think, with Butcher Blade um, and the Lucha Brothers. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that because I kind of really wanted Death Triangle to happen. But obviously, Pack can't be around at the minute. See, so. I still think they want it to be a thing because, like, the I think they wished him happy birthday today, maybe yesterday, and they mm. still referred to him as like a member of the Death Triangle. So um, I feel like when he can come back, he is gonna still be part of it with the Lucha Bros. But I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe like, this is again some longer term booking where you know it might be Kingston with Butcher and Blade and then going against Death Triangle. We've got like another trio's little few mm. that will come up for in a rock off, no doubt. <laughs> in a rock off, um, but yeah, speaking of which, where's, where's Warhorse? I'm Warhorse, I like Warhorse. Warhorse um, was good, yeah, <laughs> I'm a fan. Um, so yeah, so that, that match was just a bit meh, really, it just didn't land for me. The other stuff. Um, or, or rather the last one which isn't really that bad but I just want to moan about it again like like I continue to moan about it this whole elite and Kenny Omega stuff like 
at this point, why are they even friends? Why are they even the elite? Like, literally, they're bitching and moaning and fighting each other about something. Someone isn't happy somewhere. First, it was Hangman. Now, it's fucking Kenny. Like, you know, the fucking... There's one point where one of the fucking young bucks was, uh, you know, they had to calm him down and stuff as well. Like, they're all just... I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And it, it seems like they're trying to turn Kenny Omega heel. And I don't get that either. This is one of them ones where I, f- I feel like... I give them credit for, for booking things well and for long-term booking, but I feel like they've not quite known what they wanted to do with this because we started out with, like, I can't remember which of the books, but one of the books was not happy with Omega and the mm-hmm. friendship he had with Hangman. Then they might have suggested that Hangman and Omega weren't getting on too well. Then they brought FTR into it. And I really don't think... I think they want Omega to go heel. I just don't think they know how they want to do it. So they keep no. messing around because it just feels like it's changed so much. And it's like well, the only thing it, we like, know for sure is Omega's a bit moody. Well, exactly. So Omega's a bit moody and he likes to uh, beat people up after his matches now because, you know, and then they try and talk him out of doing it. But even if they turn him heel, who's he going against? It's not like, you know, he seems to be mates with Hangman again now, except for the fact that Hangman is like like mates with FTR now. So I just, I don't know. Like, where's he going, I guess? Like, I'm cool yeah. with him going heel. Like, that, that, that's fine. I'm cool with, I'm definitely cool with him not being a tag champ. And that's nothing to do with, you know, the work they're doing as tag champs, but it's just... It's Kenny Omega. He's fucking one of the best wrestlers in the world. Just give him... See, this is the thing. We know he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I've not seen a great deal of him. I'd like to see him have a good singles run here. Mm. I'd like to see that. Like, I didn't see a lot of New Japan. I've seen a few select matches, and I know he's good in the ring, but um, I'd like to see a good singles run. But uh, they just don't know how they want to get there yet, as far (laughs) as I can see. Yeah, so so again, it's like it's not that that much of a moment really. I like the match and everything as well, but it was just more of a I don't know where they're going. So all in all, I found it really hard to find some bad things about it again. So they continue to just be a really good product. I think I'm I'm really enjoying watching them every week, which is not something I can say for some of the WWE shows, shall we say? But um, that all being said, um, I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five because um, I was close to giving it a four, but um. I don't know. I felt like some of the other stuff was just a bit like meh. Like the opening match was a bit meh. Like the promos were good, cool, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't feel like it was worth worthy of a four. And my only other gripe was I feel like there was just too many tag team matches. Mm. So I feel like about eighty yeah. percent of the card was tag matches. And you know, I'm with you on. I think um, for me, it's a three and a half as well. Mm. I think it was a really solid week. I think it, it's credit to it as well that they they were they had essentially had a normal week of dynamite going up because of the scheduling changes going up against TakeOver. Mm. So I think, um, you know, credit to them for putting on a really good uh, week. Not that, I mean, I don't think that influenced what they were booking at all, by the way. I don't think they deliberately put anything on or changed anything to compete with TakeOver. I just think it's worth noting that they were they were on a different sort of time slot and, and sort of trying to work with that as well. But it, it was still a really good week. And um, yeah, I, you know me, I'm quite stingy with me fours and fives anyway, but... Definitely a solid week for them. So, um, and I, I agree with your point that there's quite a lot of tag team stuff going on. Um, I can't moan too much because WWE don't really do tag team stuff. So, this is the one place to see mm. it. But, um, yeah, I'd agree with you on three and a half. Yeah. 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 <sighs> so, SmackDown. SmackDown, Carl. Let's talk about SmackDown, shall we? This is SmackDown. <laughs> we saw, as far as the card goes, Sheamus versus Biggie. Oh, Biggie, sorry. Biggie. Um, with Biggie taking the win. We saw Shinsuke and Cesaro versus the versus the Lucha House Party with Shinsuke and Cesaro taking the win. We saw Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Naomi in a weird, still not sure how it works, beat the clock match with um, 
ultimately Banks taking the win. Like I'll get on to that because that was one of the issues really. But um <laughs> essentially it was the the one who could beat her quicker. <laughs> which in like, itself which like a bit insulting say, like, Well you're both gonna beat Naomi, but who exactly. can do it faster? Exactly. Um, apparently. Although I think again <laughs> Naomi got the win on Bailey but didn't get the win on Banks, so they did go against that. But either way, total fucking mess. Uh, and then we saw M- MJF, I was going to say. Uh, we saw AJ <laughs> Styles, all letters, isn't it? Versus uh, Jeff Hardy with, uh, for fuck's sake, Jeff Hardy taking the for the IC title. For fuck's sake. Right, so as far as the highlights go, Carl, this isn't specifically SmackDown, and I'm curious to get your thoughts. So this is the first time I want to mention this, and this was the first time that we were in the Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. And I will agree with whomever might moan about it, that there were some teething issues, there were some things that probably could be done better, you know, um, and it wasn't perfect. But overall, as a concept, I thought the Thunderdome was really good. I, I was, I found some of the the way they do the camera angles in the Thunderdome can be a little bit jarring because we're not used to it because they were like almost on top of wrestlers sometimes and stuff like that. So that was a bit unusual. Um, but certain things they brought in, like you know, pyro from fucking everywhere. Or the um, the lighting over the top and all that, you know, the the actual screens with the audience, I do think helped a lot. Um, for me, the the audience could have been piped in louder. I didn't feel like we were still getting that proper audience feel, but it's different. It's all teething problems. But as a whole, as a concept, I I was actually really on board with it. I'm curious to know what you think. I wasn't as on board with it. <laughs> um, I'm on board. I'm on board with the arena. I'm on board with the um, the new pyros, the new lighting system, all that amazing stuff. Not a fan of the screens with the fans. Really? Not a fan at all. You feel it's we're just... missing something with the um with the wrestlers not being there behind the plexiglass and chanting and banging yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not a massive fan of that either, especially the fucking banging on the glass. But I just they don't add anything. It's like it's like when you're on a fucking Zoom call, like in work or something, and someone's on a delay. And it's just, like, I think you know what I mean like you might go. This is potentially some of the teething issues they've got with it because this is like in terms of audience noise, it was decidedly less lively, which is one of the issues. And they were piping in noise that wasn't necessarily coming from the people on the screen, but mm. even so, there wasn't an audible audience where you were getting that for the last few months with um, the PC talents being there. But um, I think this is where they may have overestimated the enthusiasm of people sat at home. Yeah, I think WWE were thinking they're going to be on screen. There's going to be a camera in front of them. They're going to be like, yeah, all the time. But they're not. They're watching TV like the rest of us. Um, so I agree. Well, with, I don't think pipe. that's going to change. In all honesty, no. And the thing that annoys me as well is the piped-in noise. And I think it was probably worse at SummerSlam, which we'll get on to. But um, I just I, I wasn't digging it at all. It's like when I watch the footy now or something, and you know, it's it feels delayed. Like I can't really can't really put my finger on it. Yeah, but like, we, well, I imagine someone has a shot. Like you, if there's a potential chance of it going in, they'll go, ah, and then when it misses, you go, oh, and you lower it. And it's like, it just doesn't feel real. It's not natural. I think that's the problem, which is weird, actually, because football isn't scripted. Yeah. So the difficulty you football would have, job. you think WWE wouldn't have the difficulty football has, but mm. I still feel like they've got somebody sat there adjusting things as it goes on rather than going well we know how the match is going to go well, this is planned out so we'll have the audio planned out I think you may have a point there that it's, it's almost a bit delayed and the action's not quite right but that for me is teeth and troubles I think they can get there with the piped and audio I'm not totally against it I just think they need to, to hone the, um, the the skill if you will Yeah. so um, Thunderdome was great and no one disagrees thanks for that Carl <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> now, I don't. I have my issues with with the the opener in a way. But do you know what I was actually quite pleased with? Vince McMahon being interrupted. As as weird as that sounds, everything just felt very paint by note. Vince is going to come out. He's going to talk about how great everything is and how great the Thunderdome is. And blah, blah, blah. and then before he got a chance to say fucking anything, the fiend was on him. And then Braun come out, and then it all kicked off. And I was actually like, whilst the the fiend Braun retribution stuff could have been executed better, I actually really liked the fact that they kind of almost subverted my expectation because I didn't expect the fiend to to rock up because I was expecting about ten minutes of Vince McMahon talking about how great everything. Is. So that in itself, I was like, yeah, that that's that's that got me. I didn't expect that as soon. Yeah, I think um, I I was surprised by it definitely. Um, obviously, he's still got his little catchphrase in like "You'll never see it coming," and then all of a sudden, oh, the yeah. I mean, every every um, says it. <laughs> I thought it was proper corny. The whole like, "Well, I'm going to go this way." Well, I'm going to go. Oh, I'm going to go this way. Well, I'm going to go that way too. Like, <laughs> it yeah, it, it didn't it didn't feel menacing. It felt silly. Mm. And then this thing he does with his tongue now, the fiend. He's like, nah, I, that's not like <laughs> I don't know. Well, what's been happening? Fiend's been home for a while, obviously stewing over um, Braun, and he's been listening to a lot of Kiss. So uh, that, that's, <laughs> that's where that. that's come from. But um, um, no, I mean, again, that was probably the only good thing because I'll move into the Oshites because it mm-hmm. sort of bleeds onto it. But the way they'd set everything up here. Like I, I was happy with the fiend interruption. I don't mind it being at the beginning of the night. I don't mind it being at the expense of Vince McMahon's little speech. I don't mind Braun responding. What I didn't like was the retribution coming out and that whole situation. I didn't like the fact that essentially, right, here's the bit that, that I find odd with retribution, that they we're trying to book Braun as the monster among men and really scary, even though he's fucking not. He's just a big goon, right? And we're trying to book the fiend as this intimidating, menacing figure that you wouldn't mess with. And then Retribution come out when those two are in the ring and didn't give a flying fuck. And then the response was for the fiend to go, bye, and run away. And I was like, <laughs> fuck's that? So yeah, I, did, well, like, I did not like that one little bit. I, I I completely agree with that. Like It looked as though they were giving each other the eyes, weren't they? Like, oh, should we take these fuckers out? And I was like, oh, okay, they're going to actually team up and beat the shit out of Retribution. And then he literally went... Invested. Why then? <laughs> just fucked up. Yeah. It was that like, um, scene from The Simpsons with Snake. Would a coward yeah. do this? <laughs> Bye! <laughs> um, yeah, it was just stupid. I, I didn't like the fact that The Fiend was the one who ran. It's like, you're like this sort of unworldly thing. You probably could have took them all to a parallel universe or some shit. I don't even know how that works. Look what you did to John Cena. Well, I'm sure you're going to speak about it, but you know, parallel universe or just room in the back. <clears throat> that That's definitely no shit. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, I didn't like the way they'd done that. I mean, obviously, they then had, like, basically everyone come out um, and and try and stop Retribution. And then that led me to my other fucking issue in the fact that Braun is just a big babe, right? <laughs> and I'd, I'm not even joking, right? This man is meant to be coming across an intimidating heel, right? This man is six foot seven. He weighs about 385 pounds. And that is the only reason he's intimidating because the way he acts, is the same way my one-year-old son acts, right? He gets that that little grin on his face, and I know he's about to do something he shouldn't do. That that that's Braun's gimmick, and that can be executed perfectly by my son, right? That that's all Braun. Braun is like a big, giant, muscle-bound fucking toddler. That's all he is, right? To the point that he just like threw a strop because he didn't get his own way, and then lashed out at Gulak and um, Jeyu. So that's not heel work. That's a child. That is a fucking child. I don't get what that whole booking is. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry, I've just got 
I've just got visions of uh, Joey just like just bat- battering Jay so <laughs> throwing him out the ring. But that's the that's the only that's the bit that like it, it it's terrifying when you think about it, right? If you like, imagine you wake up one day and your son is suddenly six foot seven and three hundred eighty five pounds, and you've still got to try and discipline him. That is terrifying, but not for the mm-hmm. right reasons. So the fact that they just book Braun like a stupid child, I, I do not like. He's not he's not a heel. He's just I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. That's the best way I can explain how they're booking him because it doesn't feel for someone who's so big and should be so intimidating. He doesn't come across as scary. No, that, that's the, the only way I can explain it. Idiot, he? Yes, so exactly. Smiling, tantrum boy. It's like ooh, scary. No, <laughs> right. Um, and I don't know what you made of it, but I'll mention it. It's not necessarily an O'Shea, but I'll mention it as part of that segment. Um, the whole Miz turning up slightly late to save everyone. Ooh. Are we hinting at something there? I fucking hope not, because that'd be stupid. Uh, God, I hope not as well. <laughs> I really hope not. <laughs> you better not be involved with these fucking retribution guys. Jesus, wouldn't make any I mean, sense. We know that him and Morrison have got a history of uh, meddling with uh, TVs and pyrotechnics and stuff. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That'd be so... Un- I mean, to be fair, I don't know who it could be at this point that salvages it. Like, I feel like it's going to be underwhelming no matter what, because totally like, who wants to be the leader of that fucking hot mess? That is that stable. Like who the fuck totally wants agree. to be? They can't book Damn this. They, they mm. cannot book this at all. They, there's there's no. not going to be a satisfying result to this. The next one I mentioned, um, and I'll I'll start by saying, look, I'm not big on Naomi. I know she's got a fandom, right? And I'm I'm going to do my best to defend her position here. This is what this is about. I'm not big on her. I don't like the whole segments where Naomi come out to speak to Bailey and Banks. Right? It was cringe. Right? It was cringe because of Bailey. And a ding dong, because that's just cringe, right? It was cringe because Naomi now does this whole thing where she's like, I, I, I don't know what yeah. that is. Uh, right. And Banks does it too. So that like they're all stood there in the ring, clicking at each other and shouting ding dong. <laughs> and we're meant to be like taking this shit seriously. It was just, it, it was all very cringeworthy as a promo, as a, as as heels go, right? Um, but I honestly don't know what WWE want with Naomi. Like they're reacting to the fans getting behind her and to this whole hashtag whatever she had because they're putting her in stuff but then essentially they're putting her in stuff to get battered like she's not going to be anywhere near the title scene but she's going to be involved with these two so that they can determine who goes first for their title matches i i i, I don't I, what what was this shit you know, I, I feel I, bad I, for naomi just because of the way this whole thing was booked she's just a, a, a way of getting a stipulation across I don't Sorry. feel like I could ever sum up a segment as well as you just summed up that fucking segment. Like, it was literally them just stood in the ring, clicking at each other. <laughs> and then it was like, well, yeah, we're both going to beat you anyway, so we'll just have a match and see who can beat you quickest. And it was like, okay. Yeah, like, I believe it was Cody Graves who suggested that. So that's like a fuck you from all angles of them going, yeah. well, you got to lose. Like, well, we haven't beat the belt. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, what, what he's clearly had something for Naomi. Like, he was the one who in the fucking battle royal was like, hashtag's not going to save you now. Like, <laughs> yeah, just does not like her apparently. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I feel like if they're gonna if they're gonna put her in a position on the, on the show, then do it a little bit better than this because like this is just it feels like they're almost trying to say fuck you to everyone who's behind <laughs> Naomi, which is an odd statement to make. Are they trying to annoy the fans? Who knows? Who knows? And again, she's not a bad wrestler. I'm not big on her like as a gimmick, as a character. I don't think her mic skills are that great, in all honesty. But you know, she she's a good, she's unique, and she is a good wrestler. So there's something there. You know, I'm not totally dismissing Naomi. Uh, she deserved more of a push than she's got. Fair to say. But you don't see who do you see now? You don't see Lacey or anyone anymore. All mm-hmm. Bailey and all Banks. So I was gonna. Mo- I'll still mention it, but I'm not gonna moan about it. 
because I'll mention it because I now know what's going on here, right? So initially, when I wrote these notes, when I watched SmackDown, I was moaning because Sonya come out and she was like, was, well, basically, I'll, I'll clarify, actually. Mandy said some things earlier backstage where she was like, I just want to be friends with Sonya again because apparently she's not that asked about all the betrayal and bullshit. Um, and then Sonya come out and said, ah, I know you're going to try and get out of it. How about we make this a loser leaves WWE <laughs> match instead of her versus her? And so I'm there like, oh, fucking typical WWE. Don't even know what fucking match he wants. No beds, et cetera, et cetera. Evidently, um, Sonya... The, the 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 stipulation changes come on the back of Sonya wanting some time off, understandably, because of what we reported on last week. So I'm not going to moan about it. I will mention it because, I, you know, I've sorted out and clarified it. But um, this is why they've changed the stipulation. So Sonya's left WWE or leaving WWE. Sorry, spoilers for SummerSlam. Um, on the back of everything that's gone on. I believe she's got court cases coming up with, in relation to it all. And obviously, as we said last week, it was a horribly traumatic thing to go through. Um, so totally understand the stipulation change on that basis. So I can't you know what, for, me, mention it. for me. This this whole thing is a classic example of when they blur the lines between fucking what's real and what isn't, and completely fuck it up so bad. Because right, it's been revealed now that the the other person inside the house who escaped with Sonia was Mandy. Right, right. She was she was there as well. Right. And it was Mandy who the guy was messaging her saying, I'm going to kill that bitch in there with you, right? All right. So Jesus. It was them two having to look like a fucking slumber party or whatever, because they're mates, aren't they, in real well, life, Yeah, right? in real life, yeah. Both of them. And then that's why everyone's coming up to her going, are you okay? Are you okay? And all this kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, what? <laughs> so if you're going to acknowledge that on telly, then... Why, why would we ever believe that you two hate each other that much anyway to the and point you want to fucking like, have this match? Yeah, this is a good point because we're not saying, you know, don't ask if people are okay. Don't televise it, dickheads. Yeah, like, <laughs> honestly, like, really? Like, fucking, like, this is a bit I don't get. Like, what is kayfabe today? I don't understand it because, yeah, everyone knows now that it was Mandy was the other person. Cool. But when you broadcast it to telly, if the people don't know, then why, like, why are you asking if Mandy's okay? Why Why does she just want to be friends again? Where's all this come from? <laughs> exactly. But I think this is the thing where, like, Mandy, Mandy's kayfabe's always been all over the place because, like, we know from her social media, et cetera, that she has a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But we are meant to totally believe that she's with Otis. Yeah. Because kayfabe, but, but only when but we like, want kayfabe. But that, that's what I mean. That's, that's like, you know, if she if she splits up with a boyfriend in real life and then someone goes, oh, are you okay? I know you split up with what, what, you, what his face. What? Like, yeah, so and then they move straight like, onto an Otis angle and you're like, wait, hang on. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you want about? Like, this This was just a classic example of, like, what a load of shit. Like, kayfabe it just doesn't make any sense in WWE at all. Yeah. yeah so, um, I'm glad we had a bit of a talking point in that because I had to kind of go back on the original shite. But, yeah, you're, you're totally right. That is, a, like, why are they televising certain elements of, of reality when it doesn't work yeah. for the story they're trying to tell? Oh, crazy. So, I'm curious how you feel about my last one, Cal, right? So, I'm going to start by saying... The match between AJ Styles and Jeff was good, but not as good as it could have been. And I don't think Jeff should have won the title. Now, the way they've booked Jeff since he's like come back from injury, right, has been just to get battered left and right and to struggle, right? Then we've had people like, if you look at people who fought AJ and had really good matches with AJ, Jeff isn't really up there for me. And this is why I'd like your opinion. You, you have the likes of Matt Riddle, who had a really good show on NXT, and then come into SmackDown looking really good. And I honestly, it might have been a bit too soon as timing goes, but I wouldn't have been upset if he ended up with the IC title. But 
I'm more upset with Jeff getting the IC title now. Like, it's just such a random, like, I've had my redemption with Sheamus that I had 600 matches with. Um, so now I deserve an IC title shot. And he fucking won <laughs> on SmackDown the week before a massive I'm, pay-per-view. Honestly, I don't know whether this is me just being fucking silly or what. I feel like, because by all accounts, it was leaked that um, Brody was going to win the belt. For me, the fact that they left the IC title off SummerSlam and they put it on SmackDown the day before the TNT title change because of the change in schedule was, for me, WWE being petty and doing a fuck you to, to AEW, if I'm perfectly honest. I hope you're right, because this is a massive backfire, because this is not the person to put the belt on, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I'm, I'm totally sick of this whole fucking lovable loser thing they've got going on with Jeff. You know yeah. what I mean? He's such the underdog all the fucking time. Right? Honestly... <sighs> He shouldn't have beat AJ. Like, it wasn't a bad match. I can't moan about the quality of the match. It was actually some of the best work that Jeff's done since he come back, other than just getting totally railroaded by Sheamus. But, I don't know, I'm just sick of the constant hard luck story. And he's like, oh, look, I've overcome it all and won the IC title off this guy I fell out with last week randomly. Yeah, it like, felt far Not even good quick, story building. Right? It's just, uh, I don't know, the whole thing kind of bugged me. Do you, know what, um, do you know what? In fact, I take that back. I'm here saying, like, it felt far too quick for me. I don't even think it's about the speed. Because really, like, Brody Lee came out of fucking nowhere last week and was like, mm. I'm challenging you, Cody. And what they did was fantastic. Whereas with this, it was just kind of like, oh, well, yeah, like you said, oh, I'm not fighting Sheamus anymore. I should have had my title shot. I'll fight you next week then. And beat him. And it was just like, what? <laughs> also, right, look not from wrong. a heel point of view, right? AJ had this match because Jeff said he deserved it. Yeah. AJ's been playing this heel of going, I'm only going to give matches to the people who deserved them. I'm not just going to hand out opportunities. How is that not handing out an opportunity? He's done nothing since he come back to earn a title shot. And you've yeah. given one because he wrote his name on the list himself. Yeah. Didn't realize it was like a self sign up kind of thing. If there's a sign up sheet, Jeff, because you're the title champ now, you know, that's cool. Let me know where it is. I'll sign up myself. <laughs> yeah. oh, good. If anyone could just go off and go, yeah, I'm going to have a title shot. Okay. It just it kind of ruins the whole point of AJ trying to be like, see, I'm going to prove Daniel Bryan. I'm, you know, only he's not going to be a fighting champion. I'm going to make people who deserve it have title matches. Jeff did not deserve that. No, I don't. I don't care how much people love Jeff. His run this time since he come back from injury has not been good enough for a sudden see title match. But we've got a new champ, guys! Yay! Right. <laughs> so, unless you have any other notes about the match itself, Carl, because uh, most of my moaning is Jeff. But uh, no, nothing else for me to say. Cool. So my next oh shit is um, something you touched on earlier, Carl. And this is uh, apparently the Firefly Funhouse is just a little setup backstage that Bray's got to play with his puppets. And I always preferred this whole like, no one knows where he is, is this place, you know, almost mystical in a way. But then we had Seth Rollins burning it down because, you know, that, that was his theme music at the time or something. Um, so we know that people can get there, but it's just so much more blatant this time as well. And, like, he got attacked by Braun in the Firefly Funhouse. And that takes away some of the mystique for me because, like, this, this means literally that all the other wrestlers are backstage ignoring the grown man in the corner playing with his puppets. Playing with his puppets. <laughs> I just want that to sink in with everyone. This is what, like, it's like, oh, yeah, Bray's just having some, some fun house time. Like, what do you know? They're just going to fucking ignore him all night. Yeah, it's I don't... so weird to think that that's how they're, they're suggesting it is because he can just sort of, inter- everyone knows exactly where he was doing his puppet show. And um, Braun's the only one who's going to attack them. Crazy. Do you know, I don't, I don't actually think that's the way they intended to come across. I think they're just fucking ignorant and they're stupid. I, I still think in their heads they think this is a, 
you know, a place inside the fucking, the mind of, like, Bray or whatever, and, you know, or because Braun was in the fucking thing, he can now access it or whatever. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I legitimately think that they don't believe it's a room or something just in the back where he is. Like, it is meant to be somewhere else, but now some people can get to it if they've got fucking certain powers or or the fiends interacted with them in a certain way or something. But it does come across like he's just sat there in a room backstage playing with his puppets, and it's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's not done well at all. It's, it's a total mindfuck when you think of it like that. And then we had this whole sort of backstage thing between the two of them where they're, they're battling backstage and, and basically brawn stone everywhere. And then I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like it was ridiculous, right? He throws, <laughs> tiny ledge. <laughs> he throws Bray off this tiny ledge, which is about a foot off the ground. And it's like massive overreaction from everyone. There's crowds gathered around. He's there like, oh, God, I'm dead. And an ambulance, like fucking seconds later, the ambulance was ready. It was, did they have nothing else to do? They just sat there at the Amway all night waiting for someone to get injured. That's a bit weird. But um, yeah, the ambulance ready enough and just proper exaggerating this fall. Like, oh my God, he's throwing him off the loan dock or whatever. And it's like, like you could have had like Mankind and Shane there. Like, the fuck? <laughs> That's not a fall. Like, you call that a fall? There was more people running to the aid of Bray Wyatt than there was fucking people um, running to the aid of Elias when he fucking replicated the Lion King scene. That is a and he fucking fell from good point. I the balcony. That. He, fell right? off he literally balcony. fell about... A, a horn swoggles fucking distance. Horn like, swoggles distance. <laughs> he fell off. I love how we measure swoggles. things, Carl. That's brilliant. He was about five <laughs> horn swoggles away. <laughs> so, like, I just, like, honestly, see, that the, was some the, pokey the, shit. This is the ridiculous storytelling, though, because why did they have so many people there to react? Because we had Braun, not Braun, we had Bray taken into the ambulance because he was seriously hurt from tripping over a ledge. And um, then what happens? The ambulance stops, the lights turn red, and the fiend emerges. And that's why the crowd were there, so they could all go, oh, my God. <laughs> so that, that's why they booked so many people there. But, uh, like, for fuck's sake, they, they could have had a bigger fall. We've, we've recently seen Edge and Randy throwing each other off shit all over the place. Like, I've yeah. cited, like, the attitude area when everyone was throwing each other off everything. We've seen fucking pit matches with Matt Riddle that had a higher drop. We, the Elias thing is a perfect example. Fucking hell, so many people cared about Bray. Do you remember that time on Raw when Austin Theory got attacked and he was just lying dead outside the ring for, like, three matches and no one gave a shit? Oh, shit, yeah. Is he dead? I haven't We've seen not, him. I haven't never seen him since. Seen him since. Some, some rumours say he's still lying there now. <laughs> just not at the performance centre anymore so that's fine <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah so the, the, I'm glad you agree with me because I was there like what that's that's not a big fall That it's probably not much higher than the ring apron like well exactly what the hell like, literally it was it was nothing and like you know Bray Wyatt was like dead and I was like really off that tiny little slip and um, I, I don't want to be a like this is probably bitchy and I do apologise because I don't like to be this kind of guy because who am I to comment but is it just me or is, is Bray not as ripped as he used to be? I know he's always been a big uh, fella, but he got in proper good shape when he emerged as the Fiend. And now the Fiend looks a little bit chubby, I'll be honest. Yeah, the Fiend looks a little bit Husky Harris as well. I feel looks. like he's had um, some time off. Yeah, I feel like he's got his dad bod out in full swing here. He definitely doesn't look as uh, ripped as he once was. I, I was thinking this, he looked, um, especially know, like at, at SummerSlam. Yeah, as I noticed it more at SummerSlam because mm. I, I feel like those tights were holding him in, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was about to say that, hundred percent. And 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 you know, I I feel the guy's pain. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, put, de- put it definitely this way: mean. when uh, when the the Rollins Rumble happens, we're not going to be dressed like the Fiend, either of us. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be baggy clothes all round. Oh yeah. Um, 
but no, it, uh, yeah, for me, um, uh, again, bitchy comment, but he, he's not looking as in shape as he was when he first debuted as the Fiend. And naturally, you know, he's had some time off. He's he's a new father. You know, I can I can definitely sympathise. Um, but yeah, it, I, it, it's noticeable, sadly. So is all I can say. Especially because, consequently, Braun's looking ripped as fuck at the minute. Yeah, he, he's lost some pounds, and you can like he's probably mm. shredded. And he anyway, very fun. Let's that's superficial stuff. Um, and the last oh shit is again in. In relation to this, is the fact that this unplanned chaos at the end of the show was the end of the show. So um, I guess they were planning on having a much shorter SmackDown than usual. And, you know, unfortunately, Bray and Braun filled out the rest of the show because it's this typical thing of like, apparently we had nothing planned. So good job. You two started fighting. Yeah. Um, another little pet peeve of mine. Like they could have at least had a match plan that got cancelled because of it. And then it feels a little bit more realistic. But whatever. I'm on about it every fucking week. And that was SmackDown. Um, for me, it was a two. It was there was stuff there, you know, and there was things I was pleasantly surprised with. I was quite pleasantly surprised with Thunderdome, as I said. Um, so it wasn't the worst. It wasn't Raw, but um, by no means as good as NXT or Dynamite, definitely. So um, a two for me. Yeah, it was a number two for me as well. Um, no, it wasn't <laughs> massive a... number two. <laughs> No, God, it was infinitely better than Raw, which isn't hard. But, yeah, it's a two. Um, there was there was some okay bits. Um, but, yeah, by and large, it was just a bit meh. And, again, like the, the thing that brings it down for me is this was the this was the go-home show for SummerSlam again. And it's yep. just like, really? I feel, I feel like, like they that... spent all their story, so there's like, we've not really anything to say. <laughs> and they've done it all around. Uh, like they've done it with yeah. NXT for TakeOver, they've done it with Raw and SmackDown. It's like, oh, shit, we've already kind of spent all our stories up. We're going to have to do something. Yeah, that's, that's the way I felt about it as well. So, um, yeah, all in all, <laughs> as, as far as go-home shows go, not the best. 